Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 127. You see a very specific type of person in the outdoors. And same with the makeup space. You see a very familiar face with perfect eyebrows and perfect, like these, these, um, you know, these levels of perfection that just really aren't realistic anymore. So that's kind of what I'm working on now is I'm working to create more inclusivity and diversity in both the outdoor and beauty spaces. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay, now. From the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to... The Art of Awesome. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today is Monday, and like all of our Monday episodes, we get to do just a super fun deep dive with some phenomenal guests, and today is no different as today I get to speak with Abby Wren, who is a friend of mine and someone I got to meet in person in Vail during the GoPro Mountain Games last year. Though Abby is a professional makeup artist and we talk all about how she got into uh, the makeup industry growing up in Montana in the mountains and just kind of this clash of the makeup industry and the outdoor industry and how she's trying to become the bridge to bring more inclusivity um, within both and just try to empower more people to show their style to be different and to be themselves in whatever walk of life that you live. So very interesting conversation that we had, very thought provoking, and it was just a lot of fun. So I'm excited to share it with you guys and let's wait no longer and jump right into it. Here is Abby Wren. Well, first off, Abby, thank you so very much for joining me today here on the Art of Awesome podcast. Dude, thank you so much for having me. I haven't seen you since the Mountain Games, I think. It's been a crazy year. I know, and you guys have been you guys have been all over the place recently, globe trotting all over, and yeah, I'm I'm stoked that we were able to line this up and uh get to have another conversation. Um and I I think talking with Wade we interviewed him a couple weeks back. Sounds like you guys are going to be going back to the Mountain Games again this year. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. We cannot wait to get back to the Mountain Games. Last year was um, so much fun. It was absolutely crazy because we were working on a handful of different projects while we were there at the Games. But um, hopefully this year we can actually get in the water, get on the hill and um, do a few more of the activities. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. And actually, anyway, just thinking about the conversation with Wade, it totally reminds me that we've got to... Uh, that we're going to try and uh, get together in person and do, I don't, I don't know what, some sort of awesome activity. So uh, <laughs> my schedule is a little crazy over the next like year pretty much, but at the same point, uh, we'll, we'll definitely find a time to kind of all get together and go have some fun. Cause yeah, I'd love to just get in the outdoors with you guys. But before we kind of dive more into this, I'm going to do a bit of a, a just a rough introduction. Uh, hopefully I've got all my facts right. But um, Abby, you're a professional makeup artist and digital creator. Um, and you were born and raised in Montana, though now you reside in, in LA, California. Am I correct on all these facts so far? Dude, you crushed it. That is very <laughs> accurate. Okay. Um, yeah, Wade and I, my partner Wade and I both grew up in Montana, but we we actually didn't know each other when we lived there. But um, yeah, now we're out here in Los Angeles, but we still rep the Montana roots pretty hard. That's awesome. And and you growing up in Montana, you're like into paddling and just like hanging out in the Montana mountains and stuff. How did you kind of give us a bit of a rundown of like how you got into the whole makeup industry as a whole and 
Yeah, because like in my mind, and we had a, we kind of discussed this a little bit when we were in person in um, in Vale, but in my mind, and I'm guessing probably more people than just me, like think of the outdoor industry and the makeup industry. They're like almost like two opposite worlds. Like, so how how did they kind of collide for you, or how does someone you know in rural Montana get into makeup? I'm not sure like how that even starts. So kind of fill us in if you don't mind, and and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're definitely not alone in kind of uh, wondering where makeup and the outdoor industries kind of collide. And I think that's I think that's most people's perspectives, because I I think most of the time you don't see a lot of I don't know whether it's women or men, you don't see a lot of people wearing makeup out in the outdoors. Um, and I have a little bit of a unique perspective. Um, and I think it kind of started when I lost my hair to alopecia. So I have um, the autoimmune disease alopecia totalis, which is just a really, it's actually fairly common, but um, most people hide it, but it's an autoimmune disease where um, you lose either patches of hair around your head, or in a lot of cases, um, you can have hair. So that's what I have. I have zero hair on my head. And I also lost my um, eyebrows and my eyelashes back when I was about 15 years old in high school. So it was a crazy experience. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, it it would just be really challenging to go through. But for me, it actually introduced me to my biggest passion, which is makeup. So back then, um, you know, as a young girl, I was really looking for ways to just express my femininity and, you know, express myself in general. But I, you know, I'm a woman and I'm very proud of being a woman. And so I want to I want to celebrate that. And um, a lot of women, I think, find that power through things like their hair and and hairstyles and styling it and braids or whatever it is. Um, And when you don't have that, um, there's a limited amount of things, you know, that you have to express your femininity. So I really turned to makeup and I started um, just creating different looks on my face, purple eyeshadow, eyeliner. And I, I, um, grew up with a mom who is an old school hippie from the seventies. So she doesn't even barely wear sunscreen, like nothing doesn't own a makeup bag. So, um, bless her heart. I love her to death. Um, but she, she had no real experience. So it was all kind of teaching myself at first. And I actually went on to go to college. I went kind of more the traditional route and I got a degree in psychology straight out of high school. Um, and I was really on the path to studying art and psychology together, I thought that one day I would really love to combine the two and be an art therapist. So that was kind of my path. And, you know, being from Montana, I I always had this like wanderlust spirit and I was always very connected to the outdoors just growing up in the Mission Mountains. I'm from Northwestern Montana. So kind of just a few hours south of the Canadian border. So I grew up in um, those incredible mountains up there close to Glacier Park where everything's really dramatic and lush. And um, I grew up on the the Flathead River. So that was, awesome. that was our home river and incredible rapids. And um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where my roots are and makeup artistry. Uh, I guess back then it was less, less impactful in my life, like uh, on a professional sense, but really impactful on an emotional sense, because it really helped me kind of get through that as a kid. And Um, It's been a wild ride, man. My hair grew back actually when um, it grew back and it grew back long and blonde and I had blonde pigtails for years. That's actually what I looked like when I met Wade years down the road. And then in 2018, it really got pretty bad again. And my hair was falling out like handfuls in the shower. It was the worst. And so we decided to shave my head. And at that time I had already gone to makeup school. I had kind of pivoted my my, you know, professional path a little bit. And I had gone on and I studied up in Vancouver, BC. And I, I really got into professional makeup artistry after, you know, discovering that it was my biggest passion. And, um, but yeah, so we, we kind of decided to to shave my head after all that. And now my mission is really um, bringing more awareness to inclusivity and diversity and unique looks in the makeup space and the outdoor space. Um, because I think in both worlds, you have you have these similar standards. And that's what I'm kind of all about breaking is 
this, this um, status quo that, you know, you have to look a certain way to be in the outdoors and not be in all the outdoor ads in the Columbia or, you know, whatever North face, like you see a very specific type of person in the outdoors and same with the makeup space. You see a very familiar face with perfect eyebrows and perfect, like these, these, um, you know, these, levels of perfection that just really aren't realistic anymore. So that's kind of what I'm working on now is I'm working to create more inclusivity and diversity in both the outdoor and beauty spaces. Wow. First off, Abby, thank you so very much for, for sharing that story with us. And, and there's a lot in there that, man, there's just, there's so much amazing truth to everything that you're saying where, both. I mean, like what you said, both the, the outdoors world and, and the makeup world, I feel like you could almost like, you know, pigeonhole every, everything has their own kind of like, this is the, the cookie cutter view of like what this industry looks like. And, and I think that in the world that we live in right now, that inclusivity is just, I don't, it, for me anyway, it's, it's just such a better way to live. Uh, and like it, it, I think that everybody should be inclusive and, and allowed to do whatever they want with whatever style they want. And that there shouldn't be like, Oh, this is what you have to look like, or this is how you have to do it. And I mean, we could go in a whole different, you know, um, yeah, rabbit hole, but even just like within freestyle kayaking and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this. Um, but there's, there's like a governing body called, uh, called the ICF. And essentially they have created this like rule system of like, these are the exact definitions of like what the tricks need to look like. And in my mind, I'm like, well, you can't call it freestyle kayaking anymore. If you want to call it like synchronized kayaking, or if you want to call it like, you know, specific, but I was like, the whole freestyle aspect is like, the term is supposed to be free style, meaning that everybody is allowed to portray their own style. But the opposite has happened where it's like, you're not allowed to portray your own style at all. You have to be like this exact thing such like to such minute, like angles and stuff like that. And I'm just like, it, it really has like, in my personal opinion, like strangled, you know, the style out of, out of the individuals. And, and that's just like within, you know, our small world of freestyle, but just, I, I feel like that's almost in, in so many genres in so much of the world. And, and I think right now we're in this, I don't know if it's just a time and place that it's becoming more apparent or relevant that like everybody should be allowed to do whatever they want to do in all sorts of different walks in life and all sorts of different styles. And, um, and I think it's just awesome that, that you're using this, your makeup and your art as, as a way to, I don't know, bring awareness to, to that and, and just to essentially try to say like, Hey, you don't have to look this way to do this type of thing. You can be this. If I, I can be like this rad, you know, makeup artist that's, you know, out in the mountains, or I could be, you know, an, like an outdoor person in the makeup industry. Like it's it just, I don't know. It, it really is just awesome to be able to, to have all these different worlds combined. And, um, I think there was something that you and I actually spoke of as well in Vail about how my daughter is like super into makeup and, and it, we probably live in a, in a similar scenario to how you grew up where, so my wife, Emily and, and my daughter's mom, um, doesn't really wear a whole lot of makeup. She has makeup, maybe unlike your mom, like she at least has makeup that every now and then, like, I don't know, maybe if we go to a wedding or I, I don't even know what, what days she puts makeup on, but every now and then she might put on like a little bit of makeup. Um, but my daughter, oh my gosh, she's like super into makeup. And like, I wake up every morning and she will have like <laughs> snuck out of the room, gotten into, she knows where. I've tried to hide it so many times and like, and at one point I was just trying to like, almost like stifle this of like, be like, you, you shouldn't be playing with makeup all the time or whatever. And, and again, I don't know why I was thinking that it was like, I was just like, no, we're, we're like either, you know, going outside and getting dirty or like, we're going to do whatever. Like we don't need to be inside playing with makeup all the time. And then, and then talking with you, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, one, like who am I to tell her what, what to do? And two, who says she can't play with makeup and go kayaking and go in the skiing and do whatever. And so I just myself very much 
as well as probably the rest of the world is is starting to realize like, whoa, I've got this totally backwards and everybody should be allowed to be their own person and do whatever they want to do. Um, and so I guess I, I want to say thank you for opening my eyes up to that um, and encouraging more people to to do that as well. Thanks, man. That means a lot. And I, I, I love hearing that a, you just, I mean, she, she's lucky to have you as a dad, man, because a lot of people, you know, don't have that perspective. And I think, I think it's changing. I'll say this. I think that, um, with time, you know, that perspective is changing. When I grew up, it was the same thing. We were going camping and I wanted to bring blush. Why? I don't know. You don't need blush in the outdoors, but I wanted to because I loved it. It was artistic expression for me. It was not a vanity metric. And I think that's um, sometimes with makeup, that's the confusion is that you're doing makeup to, to make yourself look beautiful because you're concerned about what other people think. And sometimes that's the case for people. For me, it has never been that. I could give two shits what other people think of me. It's not for anyone else but myself. Right. I love painting my face and drawing on eyebrows and lashes and all that because I like the way that it looks. And I feel like I can channel a fierceness about myself that I didn't see kind of before. And, and it comes off. That's the beautiful thing about makeup is that it's art. It comes right off. If you mess it up or if you, you know, went too crazy, or if you want to add more, like it's malleable, you can, you can play with it. And that's my whole approach with it is that it should be fun and artistic and this form of expression and not related to vanity. But anyways, that's, that's my perspective. And your daughter is really lucky to have a father who it, it seems like you really, you know, kind of are coming into a relationship where you're going to, you know, encourage it and allow her to explore it at least, which is really exciting, man. That's awesome. I, I, um, I think what you were saying before is a really important conversation that we could probably spend like a whole hour just talking just about this, but you're totally right in spaces like the outdoor space and um, the beauty space, whatever, you know, genre or category or market that it is, there's always the, the golden standards and the way that it's been done for decades in a lot of cases. Right. And I think really like, cause we're living in this time where all that's getting shaken up and we're able to see newness. We're able to see these different perspectives and see color. Like Wade talks about color coming into the outdoors. Like you can wear crazy bright colors like he does. And, and it's like, it's crazy for the outdoor space. Cause there's a lot of grays and greens in there, but um, you know, I, I'm all about that Wade. And I really, I think embrace that and um, wholeheartedly want to spread that message that, whatever the status quo is kind of shake it up, break that in, you know, my whole, my whole message is like, do it differently. Uh, a lot of times what I'm saying is uh, different is dope. And that's yeah. kind of, that's my message. Um, just a message to, to other, other people, other creators, other explorers. Like, I think it, it's, it's good. It's good to see things outside of your comfort zone. And a lot of times in the outdoor space, I've felt really welcomed and I've been a part of photo shoots and campaigns. I had long blonde uh, pigtails. And, you know, as, as, a, as a creator, a lot of times you're a part of that. And I, I got a lot of, a lot of um, good feedback when I looked that way. And people assume that I look, because I look the way that I look and I have these big eyelashes and I wear hoop earrings and I don't have hair that I don't understand the outdoor industry, but I grew up in it my whole life. And yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I have a deep, deep love for the outdoor space, but there are a lot, a lot of times that I don't really feel kind of welcomed into it because of the way that I look. So I'm, I'm really trying to kind of like both worlds together and go out. I would love to go out on a kayak on the river and bring my paints and do like a really nature inspired look all over my head and then go rip down the water. Like why can't those two things live together? You know? Yeah. Well, we're, we're definitely, we're going to have to make that happen. And, uh, again, even just like scrolling, I think I was, we were scrolling through your Instagram this morning and, and I had my daughter on my lap and she was just like in awe with all of your artwork. So, we we spoke again about this when we were in Vail, but one, I want to get you out on the water, and and two, I'd love to uh, to get you and my daughter together just to just to have fun and and you know create some cool art. 
But it, it is back to the, the, the statement that you said earlier where, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm a big fan of art myself. I like to paint. I like to cook, which I consider a form of art. I like to draw and, and build and just do create all sorts of different stuff. Um, but I, I, I love how you're looking at, at makeup simply as, as an art form instead of as this like vanity metric. Um, because I do the, the one thing that I recently, anyway, I, I have to catch myself and have to remind my daughters like every now and then when she wants to play with makeup and she's like, Oh, but don't I look so pretty. And I, and I'll be like, yes. But then I like catch myself. I'm like, yes, but you look, you look pretty without makeup. And then I'm like, it's, it's this fine line of trying to explain, like, you don't need makeup to look pretty. Yes, you look pretty, but like, I'm trying to, anyway, trying to like tell her that, you know, it's, it's okay either way. And I love you the same either way, but don't think that you need makeup to look pretty. And, and so that's like a whole other thing that, you know, just as a, as a parent, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, and, and I'm not certain if I've got all the answers there yet, but, um, but yeah, just, that's, and that's tough. Yeah. That's tough, man. Because of like, I mean, these kids are growing up in a world where, you know, social media is, is their communication. Well, will, will be probably in the future, right? Like they're, they're growing up being surrounded by people they don't know online they can see and that they look up to. And that's, that's why for me, it's really important. If I'm on social media, I show 99% of the time I'm in front of my mirror talking without, you know, any kind of makeup on. And I'm, I'm talking about maybe like tips and tricks on drawing on eyebrows, but I'm showing like a realistic standard of beauty. These are my large pores. These are my (laughs) freckles. These are like, I'm, you know what I mean? And I I think that's a really important foundation to have in a relationship with makeup is knowing that like without anything, you are just as, just as beautiful, if not more beautiful without it. And that everything else on top is in my opinion, just for fun. So that's, that's kind of the way I go about it. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge for, for kids growing up these days. And you have things, things like filters, it's a whole, it's a whole problem. Right. But um, yeah, I I can see that being a challenging thing as a parent for sure. I, I always just look at it as, as art and that's, that's my approach to it. And I'm also, I'm probably a little bit of an an anomaly because I'm not just doing beauty makeup. I'm doing like really, um, kind of like intricate body art and body painting. And I, I like to, I like to work on my head because I have this huge canvas, you know, this bald head might as well use it. And so that's, again, that's my relationship with it. And it's been such a, you know, powerfully therapeutic way to express myself over the years. And I hope that other people can see it in that way. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and I think, I mean, again, speaking for myself, I can see that in through your art. Um, and I love that you're using it one as a, as a therapeutic Avenue two as an art, um, platform, but then three using your social media also as a platform to just talk about the whole industry to talk about, you know, whatever it is that you want to express to, to, you know, your followers and, and whether it be young children, whether it be whoever is following you, but explain that, you know, makeup can be an art, but it isn't, this vanity thing and, and, and also explain just the inclusivity of, of, you know, different genres, different, different, uh, industries, different things like that. As far as your social media following, cause you, you've actually got like, you've got a huge social media following and it seems like you've kind of blown up in the last couple of years. Did you kind of tell us a little bit about the rise of becoming an influencer? Cause fill me in if I'm correct, but you used to do more of your, your makeup and your artwork on other people. And then you kind of transitioned a little bit during COVID. Am I correct on that? Totally. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been a wild, it's been a wild journey, man. Um, I, I studied makeup professionally just because I was so passionate about it and I didn't know how to really turn it into a career one thing to be to love makeup and to do it on yourself and to do it on your friends and maybe for a friend's wedding but it's another thing to do it professionally and learn the ins and outs of the industry and that's what I really wanted to do so about a year after graduating from college I actually went back to school and I studied fashion high fashion and beauty makeup so um it's 
it's a thing. It's a thing you can study. And I, uh, I went on to work in a lot of editorial makeup, like bright colors and a lot of creative makeup, special effects, all of it. Um, and I really, really loved going to school because I learned all about the hygiene, you know, how to sanitize everything, what setting at a professional photo shoot looks like. It's a, it's a job. You're, um, you know, it's a, a very, a very serious job on a call sheet where you have a team of people put together this amazing movie or, you know, photo set or whatever it is. And, and you're a part of that. So there are specific roles that you do. And I also learned style care and, um, yeah, so it's very different than a cosmetologist, which, uh, you know, people listening might be familiar with someone like that, where you get a cosmetology degree where you can do hair and nails mostly, and then they kind of graze over makeup. Makeup a lot of times is self-taught and there's nothing wrong with that, but I really wanted to learn the ins and outs of it professionally. So that was how I got started. And I went on to work at New York Fashion Week and LA Fashion Week and the Emmys. And I did all this, you know, really cool work, all these great experiences in that field um, and kind of like ticked those boxes. And it always felt a little stifled with working um, with other teams just because a lot of the times, you know, the look is very simple. The look is very, uh, we want kind of a smoky eye, but really natural and, and you know, contradicting things that don't make sense. And, <laughs> and not a lot of uh, flexibility creatively. And there's nothing wrong with that. I learned so much working that way, but I had always kind of had this itch to completely go off and <laughs> do like an editorial character or something totally different. And I always did make up on myself along the way. And I had been posting to social media since I kind of started probably in 2016. I had always kind of, I guess, been really interested in, in doing more creative makeup, more expressive and just pushing, pushing myself, pushing the boundaries of my creativity. But um, COVID really kind of uh, forced me <laughs> to do that. So uh, everything stopped, you know, working on people's faces was kind of an immediate halt. And so I was, I was forced to work on myself and forced to get creative and forced to reach out to the brands that I had been you know, that I had been working with, I'd been working with their products for years and years, but um, I kind of was able to develop some partnerships there. And, and that opened a whole different avenue of working as a makeup artist that I didn't really understand before. And so it's just been nonstop ever since. And I, I just haven't stopped. So that's really, that's really all. And um, leaning into social media as a way to like distribute this message of artistry and alopecia combined as one with my head as the canvas has been um, the best move. I'm really grateful for it. It's been the best, you know, thing to kind of happen career-wise that I could have ever asked for. And I didn't even know it existed a few years ago. You know, it's, it's wild the way that works, but I'm really grateful now just to have all that creative freedom. That, that is awesome. And there's a couple of things that you mentioned there, one being gratitude. And, and again, I, I spoke with, with Wade about this, but I talk about gratitude all the time. And, it, and I just think it's such an important thing to realize of, of just all the things that we have, all the blessings that are in front of us every day. And, and again, just like how you, I very, I, I doubt that at, at 15, you would look at at your autoimmune disease and, and and think like, oh, this could be a huge advantage, or this could be a, a blessing in disguise, or this could be, you know, anything that's that's a positive. I'm sure at 15 in high school, you're thinking like, oh, this is the worst thing that that I could ever have. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and maybe I'm wrong on all of that. I'm I'm really just visualizing what I would be thinking of at, at that age. Um, and how, yeah, just yeah, you're spot on. Yeah, so often I think that we look at things that are going on in our lives that aren't what we had planned or maybe not what we want in the moment. And we think that it's just like the worst. But then looking back, you know, years from from that time and thinking like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that happened or or because of that, I've got this. Do you know what I mean? And just like how it opens up different avenues. Um, and so I, I, I just I guess totally almost as a reminder for, for everybody out there, like if you are going through hard times, like just keep going because, you know, years from now, you might look back and think like, man, because of that, I've got all of this that I have today. So I, one, I, I love that your gratitude that you, that you speak of. Um, 
And, and two, I'm just like, I think it's awesome that you were able to transition into, to kind of like using yourself as the canvas. Do you know what I mean? And, but then using it really as like this art form. And again, for everybody who doesn't follow Abby, I'm going to put uh, all of her links to her social media in, in the show notes, because it really is just like, I don't know. Amazing. Again, maybe because I just like, I'm so into art. I just love scrolling through your channel because I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. And yeah, you're, you're, you're fully just like using your body as this art canvas. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I think being able, I guess one, was there, was there ever, were there boundaries that you had to push within yourself, like mentally or psychologically? And like, were you nervous about trying to like go in that Avenue or was it like an idea that came to you and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is the perfect idea. Or like, where did that kind of come into sharing, sharing that all kind of with the world and social media? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think, um, I think it was really, really, uh, a long journey. I've, I've been posting on social media on the account that I have since like early 2000, maybe 17, 2017. And so I've been posting for a little while, but um, just in a totally different way. I was always showing, you know, the work on my clients. I was never really showing like authentic me here I am. And it's been, it's been a transition for sure to, to be vulnerable and trusting and um, compassionate with myself to really build a whole different relationship with it, because it's a really fragile balance between work, a professional thing that I take very seriously and also a very vulnerable side of myself. When I'm writing in the captions, I'm not saying, here's my new piece, what do you think? I'm opening my heart and I'm saying, here's what I've been through and this is where this comes from. And I had an experience today, here's what happened. I'm, I'm being very raw and very authentic and real with my community. And, um, in so many ways, it has brought me so much healing because I've been able to connect with other people who have alopecia. And I would say that to me is the most impactful part of social media is getting, you know, connected with other people in that way. I, I met a girl a few months ago who saw me on TV, a show that Wade and I were on. And she said that seeing me bald and learning that I had alopecia, cause I talked about it on the show, um, inspired her to shave her head. She had had alopecia for several months and was losing all of her hair. And now she goes out bald and represents alopecia in a whole different way. And she wears her heart on her sleeve. And that's, that's the whole point of it really like being able to do the makeup um, and, and all that is kind of secondary for me. Uh, it's, I'm very, very passionate about it and it's my biggest passion but I would say the most important part about like what I'm doing now is, is to really like impact people to feel like they can live their truest life and, and really be their truest self and not be concerned about what other people think. I mean, it's, it's challenging. It is hard being a bald woman. Sometimes I get called a, you know, sir in the grocery store sometimes. And I turn around and I have my full face and makeup and big fearing people still, that still happens. And that's frustrating, you know, and there's a lot of people that can relate to that out there. So social media for me is a means of connecting and a means of sharing these experiences and hopefully spreading more awareness and through the artistry, right? The art is kind of the bridge. It's the vehicle that I'm able to really communicate everything else. Um, but it has been quite a journey to, to come into this realization of what it, what it is for me. And, um, sometimes, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes I have days where, you know, I have a really hard work project that I'm doing and, um, in those deadlines and it's frustrating and, and then someone calls me, sir, in the grocery store and that sends me over the edge. But I try to kind of push myself to just be really vulnerable in those moments and share it with people because it's real. It's real life. I'm not trying to create anything on social media that is anything but that. So yeah. um that's that's the part of it that I really love for sure. That's awesome. I 
I love how you're using it to to empower individuals and also just share your journey with others as well. And and again, have that community um, just to connect with other people that may be going through whether it be the exact same scenario or just something similar or just just a way to to open up and share that vulnerability and and really also empower others. Speaking kind of on that empowerment and and vulnerability and then also just speaking on uh, inclusivity that we spoke of earlier, where do you think personally, um, like we we spoke a little bit of kind of like where we're at right now currently within maybe the outdoor industry or within the, the beauty industry or makeup industry or different things like that. Where do you think we need to go and how do you think we can get there um, to kind of just bring more inclusivity to these different aspects, to these different genres, uh, to these different industries? And kind of like, do you have a view of like the the best case scenario or the, or maybe the best route to get there? Or kind of what are your thoughts on like what the future might look like going there? Yeah, I, that's a great, that's such a great question. I think it's, I think it's going to be a little while before we get to a point where like truly everyone I think feels very included in the outdoor space. I think we're on the right path for sure. I think that there are conversations happening that kind of should have been happening a long time ago. And that's really important. And that's a good step in the right direction. Uh, But I think there's, it's going to take a lot of time to get to a place and there's no finish line. There's no like ending where we get to the place and then we're there. It's kind of continual, you know, always moving forward in my opinion. But I think, you know, right now, if someone in a skirt, you know, who maybe identified as let's say transgender wore a full face of makeup and a wig wanted to hop in a kayak and join and, and be, and was taking it seriously and was really competitive. Like how would that be perceived? I think it would be accepted. I don't think that that person would feel like fully, fully comfortable and like completely accepted in that situation. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think, I think it's tricky. I think that the outdoor space uh, wants to be inclusive, but I think because of the nature of just how it's been for such a long time, I think that we have a ways to go. I, I'm trying to imagine a situation like that and think someone who, you know, who would want to be completely comfortable in, in an activity like that in the outdoor space, whether it's like mountain biking in a race or something like that, like, is that community ready for that? I think if you pull back the curtains, probably not it. I'm just being honest. Like, I think, I think we have a long ways to go before that is like fully accepted. And I, um, I hope that that's in the future. And I'm also really grateful again. Like I, I, I don't take it for granted living in this, this day right now, this year, this uh, decade, because if, if we had been, you know, growing up in the 1940s, it would have looked really different. And yeah. I'm, I'm really, really super grateful that we've come so far as a society where I, I can even feel confident going out with no hair in the forties. Like I can't imagine what that would feel like, you know, as a society having those different standards. So I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. I just don't know if we're there yet. And I think in terms of what needs to happen to get there, that's a huge question with an answer that, I'm not if I'm fully qualified to say, but I think that um, I think that there just needs to be so much more of it. And there needs to be a lot more representation in media, in visual things that um, represent those industries. You know, I, I would really, I would love to be a part of that. I would really love to help represent, you know, some, I'm, I'm kind of a, a bridge, I think for society because I'm, I'm not like, I don't look so different that it's like mind blowing for people. People can wrap their minds around the fact that I don't have hair. It's one thing, you know, and physically like I'm, I'm fine. I can do all the things I can still rip down on a mountain bike. I can go kayaking. I can go on skis. I can like, you know what I mean? I can, I can do outdoor activities and, and be kind of a representation for seeing something a little different. And it's, it's not too crazy, but it's different. And I just, 
think that slowly that will start to increase. And over time, hopefully there will be just so much more representation of different communities, of different voices, of different perspectives in the outdoors. And I think eventually we will get to a place where everyone feels completely welcome. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love that you're, that you use the example of like the 1940s to now and how we've gone such a huge way since then. And, and you're totally correct that we've got, you know, quite a bit of distance to still go. But when we look back and, and realize like, wow, we have made some, some huge improvements. Uh, I think it also makes it that much more real in the sense that like, well, let's just keep going, keep stepping, you know, one step ahead at a time. And, um, and I love that you're using yourself as, as an example of like the bridge to kind of help bridge that gap. Um, you, you had actually mentioned whether or not paddle sports, uh, or, or kayaking was, was ready, you know, for a, a fully transgender, uh, you know, female to be, to go paddling or something. And ironically, I actually, I went and paddled, um, a river, I probably, what was it? I don't know, three weeks ago with, uh, with a transgender, uh, athlete and, and she led us down the river and she was very, you know, open and, and we talked all about it and just like her, her transition and everything. And so I think that, I don't know, I think the outdoor sports in general is, is moving in that direction. And I think people are getting more and more open and, and like what you said, there's a long distance to go, but at the same point, if, uh, if we look back at how far we've come, I think it, it helps shine light and, um, make us realize that it is possible to, to make it to that end goal, wherever that may be. And just to continue progress, I guess, more than anything. Um, yeah, totally. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And I, we were on a, a really great path. So I, I love to see, I love to hear that you've had nothing but good experiences. That's awesome, man. And I actually would love to ask you something about kayaking because I, I grew up kayaking on the Flathead River in, in West Montana. And my relationship was always just play with it. You know, I, I was never, you know, very serious, but my family had boats and we, we just, I don't know, my, my parents had always had kayaks. And so I got into it at a young age and it would always be uh, something that my dad and I shared together. If he ever had a hard day at work, he'd be like, let's grab the boat and we just head out to the river. And just, you know, tool around, whatever. It was so much fun. And it's always been a special thing for me, but what, like, what's your favorite thing about kayaking? If you could nail it down to one thing, like, what is it about kayaking that you, you love so, so much? Oh man. One thing that's, it's hard for me to pick only one thing. There's a lot of things that I love about kayaking. Um, <clears throat> I'll try and, uh, I'll try and do some justice here and, and, keep it down. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to mention just one only, but, uh, I guess first off, I, I just find that the river and just paddling, whether it be the lake, whether it be the ocean, anything like that, a, a body of water, um, it puts you in an environment that you're very much in just raw nature. Um, at least I would say in most cases, uh, you can't access, you know, the river by road. You have to, like, you can't drive through it. You can't drive by, like, I guess you can drive by it, but, but to get out into the middle of the river, to get out into the middle of the lake or the ocean or whatever, you have to be by boat. So, um, whether that be a kayak, whether that be a rafter or whatever, it, it just, it usually puts you in a scenario that you have to be fairly purposeful to be out in nature. And so that would be one that you just kind of, you're engulfed in, in, uh, just this, you know, raw nature all around you Two, kind of in that same aspect. It, it, it is uh, a platform that enables me to get into places that I may not be able to get to otherwise, uh, via maybe a kayak or raft or, or some sort of craft as that I've been into many gorges, um, or canyons or different things like that, where I'm just like, wow, I don't know how I get here otherwise, but I'm so glad that I'm here because you just get to experience these places, um, that I think few people truly get to experience. And then the other thing about it, um, and arguably still maybe one of my favorites heart, I'm, I'm definitely not sticking to one thing that I love kayaking the most about, but, uh, it, as far as whitewater as far as whitewater goes, um, it really forces 
quick decision making in the sense that once you peel out of an eddy and you're in a rapid, you can't just say pause. Uh, you have to just deal with whatever you know the river throws at you. And and to me, it's such a great comparison to just life in general, but also like a great proving grounds or not proving grounds, testing grounds um, in the sense that if I can get more comfortable with just dealing with whatever the river throws at me and and forcing myself into these quick decision-making scenarios, I'm going to be able to use that then in life. When life throws something at me, because it always does, I'm able to then just kind of react and deal with it and and uh, use my lessons from the river into just my everyday life, whether it be with parenting, whether it be with you know business, whether it be with health. There's so many aspects of how it can translate. Um, and so it also kind of just like forces me into like a lot of like almost being my sharpest self uh, in the sense that I have to make decisions like, you know, as fast as possible. Um, and so kind of all of those scenarios, I mean, there's, I, I rambled off way more than, than one, but, but the combination of kind of like all of that, it's just one of the few, again, I love like you, I love being in the outdoors in whatever, whether I like going hiking, I like going mountain biking. I love skiing and snowboarding and, and just anything in the outdoors and in nature I love to do. Um, but there are a few things that I have found that one bring me into as unique environments and then also make me and enable me into these kind of quick decision and, and force these quick decisions upon me. And I don't know, there's, there's a lot about kayaking that I love for sure. I love it. I love just hearing you go off like that because I, I always get the sense through your style. Like you just have a really fun, like smooth, like playful style to your paddling that it just, it feels from observe, it feels packed with so much passion and it really comes off that way. So I love hearing you just kind of go off about it. I just, I just wanted to hear that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, thanks. Well, Abby, uh, thank you so very much for, for kind of sharing your, your view of inclusivity and, and just kind of how we can grow as an outdoor industry as beyond just just the outdoor industry, but as a, as a society to empower others. And uh, this has been just such a phenomenal conversation and so much fun. I'm going to move us on to the second part of the show that I call the fire round and just fire off a couple of quick questions that, um, that I ask all of my guests. Um, Abby, do you, do you by chance have a favorite quote uh, or current quote that you live by? Ooh. Yeah, I, I have, I have lots that are, um, I have lots of different quotes that are meaningful to me. This one is something I I think people, if like, if you know me, you wouldn't maybe expect this one. And it comes from like a place of compassion, I guess that it's really, really important to me. And I think the older I've gotten and the more time I've, I've spent, Uh, moving through my life, this has meant more and more to me. And it's something my dad introduced me to by um, Kurt, I think it's Vonnegut, Kurt Vonnegut. Um, But it's be soft. Do not let the world make you hard. Do not let the pain you hate. Do not let the bitterness steal your sweetness. Take pride. Even though the rest of the world might disagree, I still believe it to be a beautiful place. And I think I've come to resonate more and more with that the older I've gotten and, and the, the more grown through life, because you just see different sides of the world that when you're younger, you don't understand, you know, you see a lot of the ickiness as an adult, you see people <laughs> stealing and people being unkind and all the ickiness in the world. And you lose things that you really love. You go through some pain. And I think it's really easy to let that kind of callous over time and to, to, to build a wall in yourself a little bit and to become skeptical and become less of a child. And I really think it's important to stay kind of soft and to know that, that humans are incredible, incredible things. And, and the compassion that we have for one another is more important than anything. 
So that, that quote always resonated with me. My dad showed it to me years and years ago. I was probably headed off to college, actually, just after high school. He showed that to me and I kept it ever since. I, lo- I really love that one a lot. Be soft. I love that. And, and you're so true that we all need to kind of keep some of that, whether it be childish wonder, whether it be childish uh, joy, just how, how a child looks at, at the world with, again, whether it be warmer or rose colored glasses, there's just, there's so much love, uh, that comes through their eyes. And, and, um, I think that's something that we all need to kind of hold on to a little bit more as we get older. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And, and yes, I I couldn't agree with more with you on that fact. Um, Abby, do you by chance have, um, a favorite book or current book that you might be reading? Oh yeah. Hmm. That's a good one. Um, we just started reading, wait, and I started reading the new 12 and a half book by Gary V. Um, I'm like two pages in, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just it, but, um, yeah, that's all about like emotional connection to business, which I find fascinating. Um, and that actually ties back to that quote. I think it's, it's hard to keep that perspective of being like, um, soft and empathetic when you're, you're working in a, a business fueled space sometimes. Um, but I think it's really, really important. So I'm really excited to dive into that book a little bit more. Um, it's my first book from Gary Vee. Do you follow any of his work? I do. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big Gary Vee fan. I've read, uh, I've read a couple of his earlier books, uh, Crush It and Crushing It. And what was the other one? Uh, something like Jab, 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 Left Hooker. I don't, I don't remember. There's something about jabs uh, and, and punching. But anyway, he's read, uh, he's got a ton of content and, and I, love, I love all of his channels for sure. And yet he talks a lot about just, just compassion. And um, I don't know, he's... he's as someone that's is as successful as he has been, he talks in a lot of ways uh, with a different viewpoint and uh, just on success in general. And yeah, I really like his his kind of vision behind it all. I haven't read that book yet, though, so I'm excited to uh, pick pick up a copy of that. Nice, man! Don't buy it. We'll send you one. How about that? We got a few. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll be excited to share that with you. I, I hope you enjoy it. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> thank you. I'm 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 a big uh, fan in in sharing. So yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, Abby, if you could go back in time to any time throughout your life and give yourself one piece of advice for a younger you, um, what might it be? It's hmm. another good one. Um, I think I would tell myself keep going, just to keep going in everything that I was working on back then, I, I wish that I had, you know, had the foresight to know that if I just followed my makeup passion and just started earlier on, that that would have been even more unstoppable. You know, the hindsight's always 2020, but I, um, I doubted for a long time that like my passion for makeup could be a real thing. It wasn't until later in life that I went back after college to really pursue it. I was 26 when I went back to school for makeup. So I wish that I had kind of just done that right out the gate. Um, I I'm grateful, very grateful for my experience in college, but I think that I, I would have learned so much more if I had just really stuck to it and known earlier on that this is this was going to be my path. Um, so I told myself to keep going. And I tell my future self that too. I, I think there's so much evolution that constantly happens as we've kind of float through this experience of, of being a, a human. There's so much change and there's so much um, transition. And I think that's really all you can do. <laughs> so I would tell my past self that to keep going um, and to really just believe in myself more because it took me a long time to come to the level of confidence that I have now. Um, so if I had understood that earlier and really just not, not care so much about what people think from the get-go, it just could have 
been even more powerful today, you know? Yep. I, I love how not only did you say just keep going because ironically, I don't know if it's 99%, if like very close to 100% of the guests all say the exact same thing. I would tell myself to just keep going. And, and I've heard it so much now that I try to remind myself every time that I have something difficult, just keep going because your future self would, would be telling you the same thing at any point in life. And, and I love how you mentioned the same thing that not only would you tell your past self that, but you tell your future self that, and, um, it's just such a great reminder how no matter what we go through in life, I think all of us would tell our, our past selves and, and likely our future selves as well, just keep going. Um, so thank you for sharing that and, and just continually confirming that, uh, that I think that is the best piece of advice to, to tell a past or future version of, of any of us. Um, so, yeah. I was just going to say that I think it's so applicable for all aspects of life too. And that's why, that's why like I, I worked that out without even thinking about it. That's what I would say, because like, whether you're kayaking in a river, as cheesy as it might sound, like you won't get there unless you keep going. Right. You'd like, it's same thing with my makeup look when it starts, it looks like shit. It doesn't look great, but you have to keep going to get to the finished place. Right. You have to, you have to, you never arrive at that without a lot of work and a lot of um, roundabout paths and forks in the road and all that. So that I think can be applied to so many different parts of life, whether it's your passion or your profession or your relationship or whatever it is that, that, um, that mantra I think is more important than we even realize really. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you also mention, um, as an example with makeup, how like when you first start, it's such an unfinished look that you, you have to keep going to get to that end result. And I actually did, I do, uh, I do, two different versions of this podcast, one with like deep dive interviews with people like yourself that are just truly amazing. And then two, I do like a shorter version where it's kind of like a thought of the day, tip of the day type thing. And, um, a while back, I actually did a podcast episode about that exactly about how that we have to keep going to, to kind of get to that end result and, and using like just art as an example of like painting, every time I start a painting, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this looks like shit. Like it's just, it's not coming together, but you have to keep going to get to that end result. And, and I wonder, um, in the example of that episode, I, I talk about like Michelangelo, uh, painting, uh, whatever the great cathedral, um, uh, that he did. But anyway, whether or not it, I think it took him like four years. Um, how, like how many days he must've like, or whether or not he thought at all, like, oh my gosh, this isn't turning out the way I wanted to, or whether he had the foresight to just always know, like, don't even bother worrying about that until we get to the end result, because it's never going to look finished until we're finished. Um, so anyway, there's just so much, like what you said, there's so much, so much insight into that, that mantra, just keep going. Makes me actually wonder whether or not Disney was aware of that when they made Do uh, Finding Nemo and the, the whole thing about like, just keep swimming. <laughs> anyway, Clearly, as a father, <laughs> I've probably watched too many Disney uh, cartoons. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Abby, if today was your last day on earth and everything that you've done, all of the art, all of your social media, everything that you were able to create was to go away with you. And all that you were left with was a piece of paper and a pen and you could leave three truths. These would be three truths to leave to your friends, to your family members, uh, to any followers or, or just any advice that you would want to share with the world. What would those three truths be? The first thing that comes to mind is love is everything. That, that's something that stands out really clearly to me and something I... I don't think I've reflected on in this way. So great question. Um, but this is, this is something that just, I, I, I just kind of realized sitting here talking with you, but love is everything. It's such a kind of 
blanket statement for a lot of different things. But if I was going to leave that behind, if I was on my deathbed, that's what I would want people to really slow down and take the time to think about. It's everything. It's, it's your relationships with people that impact your journey and your happiness in life. And we're all just floating through trying to make sense of it all. Right. And, but we're doing it together. And so the people that you meet along the way, um, the ones that you show love to, and the ones that you get love from, that's everything, whether it's your partner or your family or the person that you meet on the street that changes your life forever. That love between people is everything. Um, and then number two, Oh man, I, I think that I would say work harder than you think you have to. And that's something that I've really only kind of come to realize in the last couple of years, you know, in adulthood. Um, I think moving into the, this journey that I've had with makeup and with artistry is I always... I always expected it to be like a challenge, but you never know what that's like until you're in the middle of it. And I've found that having a partner like Wade in my life, who he really pushes me. He really pushes me and shows me that I am capable of so much more than what I think I can do. And the takeaway from that is just like work harder than you think you have to, you know? And, and, and lay it all on, on the line. If I was at, <laughs> if I was at the end of my existence and I, I wanted to look back, I would want to know that I, I gave it everything, not just, I worked pretty hard and I tried really hard, but I gave it everything I had and then more. And, and I love that. I don't look forward to a life where I want to retire someday. I always want to have this this passion for what I do. And I want that to carry on for decades in my life. I would want to leave it all on the table like that. And that gets me stoked. That gets me super hyped to be like, I, I get to do this. I get to do my greatest passion for a living. I'm juiced about that. Like there's something else more I could ask for. So why, why not like lay it all on the line and take the biggest risks. And yeah, that would be my third one is risk like take a risk obviously you know don't spend all your money on a, a bet that's going to change your life in a bad way but like you know you know what i'm saying i i think take risks more more often than not take a chance wade totally took a chance when he flew up to canada that's a whole other story but he flew up to canada to meet me and um it was a risk meeting a guy I'd never met before and it changed my whole life. And so um, he inspires me to think that way. Wade really inspires me to think that way and to take a chance sometimes and to push yourself out of your comfort zone. You know, whether you're going to succeed or fail will be determined, but either way you learn a lesson and either way you progress yourself and move forward. And um, I think that's, a lot of people are scared to do. It's scary to take a risk and move to a new place or take a chance on something or, or even just believing in yourself sometimes is a risk because what if you fail, right? But yep. um, yeah, that would be my third one is take more risks. I, I love that. Yeah, work, work harder than you think, take more risks and love is everything. Abby, this has been such a phenomenal conversation. I loved getting to talk with you. And yeah, just all the insight that you share with us, this has been amazing. Uh, something that I try to do with all of my guests as much as I can is to give back as much as that I can for them. So Abby, is there anything that you're personally focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? Oh, thank you, man. And, and thank you again so much for having me. It's just such a treat to just sit down and chat with you today. All this stuff is so important to me. So you're helping me out by doing what you're doing right now and letting me tell my story and spread awareness of alopecia and, and the, really the whole hair loss community. So you've done enough. <laughs> you just keep doing what you're doing. And um, I'll be very happy to share this on, you know, on, on my end as well. And 
um, again, let me know if there's anything I can do too. I, I think we have just <laughs> this friendship that's really special, man. I'm really, really grateful that we got to meet, you know, both you and Emily at the mountain games. And this is just the beginning. Next, we got to get into the water. But yep. as, um, as far as anything you can do to help me, you're doing it right now. So thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Well, thank you for joining me. Abby, for anybody that wants to follow along your journey a little bit more or in depth, um, whether it be through social media or, or wherever, what might be the best avenues for people to kind of follow along and, uh, yeah, just connect with you in general? Yeah. Um, man, it's Abby Wren artistry everywhere. I have a, a YouTube channel, Instagram, TikTok, all the places, all the, places. <laughs> um, the only thing I didn't have. I think the only thing I don't have is Twitter. So don't reach out on Twitter because I don't <laughs> exist there. <laughs> everywhere else, <laughs> everywhere else, uh, always feel free to reach out. And I, I just would always like to put it out there that if anyone knows anyone uh, living with alopecia that needs some support or needs uh, someone to connect to, my DMs are always open and I'm always a complete open book to have conversations and to connect with others who are going through what I live with. So um, I just wanted to put that out there, but yeah, Abby Wren artistry everywhere. Awesome. Abby, thank you so very much for sharing all of this insight, all of your experiences and your journey with us. Uh, this has been truly amazing. My final question of the day for you is what is your definition of awesome? Oh man. That's a huge question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is my definition of awesome? I think living life with no parameters is my definition of awesome because that transcends any one thing. And that's what awesome is. It's, it's, is, wrapped up in every little bit of happiness and frustration and success and failure. And that's, that's life, man. (laughs) That's so hard to describe, but it's, it's, you know, it's composed of so many different things. Living life with no parameters allows you to experience awesome in a way that is, it's just life changing. It makes me smiling thinking about it because that's, that's the way that I want to live. I want to live an awesome life. That's full of all the rays of sunshine and, you know, lightning at the same time and the chaos of all of it. That's, that's what we're all, that's what we're all trying to do. So I, I think a life with no parameters. is awesome. That is awesome. That is a truly awesome definition. And again, Thank you so very much for your time, for sharing your journey with us all and uh, empowering everyone. So for all of my listeners out there, I certainly hope that you got as much out of this interview and conversation as I did. Um, Again, if you guys want to connect, check out Abby Wren Artistry anywhere other than Twitter And um, definitely go give her a follow as I truly think her art is incredible. Uh, I very much look forward, Abby, to connecting with you and Wade wherever our paths cross next. Um, I certainly hope that we get to uh, meet up in person before the Mountain Games. uh, And if not, I'll see you there. But hopefully we can connect before then as well. Uh, Again, thank you everybody for listening. As always, if you did get value out of this show, if you guys could just please share this out uh, with one person, whether it be a friend, a family member, uh, someone who you think uh, might need to hear Abby's story. So help us share it out and build our community together as a whole. And uh, that's the ask I have for you guys today. I am signing off as Nick Troutman, and I am wishing you all a very awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.